the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now offering a Bet the Underdog special where bettors will receive a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager on dogs greater than plus 300. That's 25 buck bet on top of your winnings. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP in your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And finally, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, while we're mentioning apps, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your chance to win $3,000 in the D-Gen dance, which you can only do on the SGPN app. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 125, a monumental episode. So take that to all the haters who said we wouldn't make it past 124 episodes. Here we are, 125. Uh, that's, depending on when you listen to this, it may be Thursday already. And if it is, I'm going to dedicate this to all the Irish people out there, or everybody has a little bit of Irish in them this time of year. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you all. Um, and thank you for coming to the podcast. I would be your host. I'm known as the Black Country Banger, Jeff Fox, and I will be guiding <laughs> you through uh, this week's fight card that we're going to break down. Um, we're going to get right down to business. This fight card, actually, everything came through for us. Nothing really fell off last minute. Um, so um, the MMA gods uh, aligned and made sure that we got a full card. So um, let's get right down to it because I am still on vacation. And I don't want to have to work too long for you. Lovely people. I do love working for you, but the quicker the better. Let's just get down to making some money. Let's, and in that, um, in that quest, we will bring in um, my associate host, my co-host, um, the Mowgli of the podcast, the feral child, Mr. Gumby Vreeland himself. Hello, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Do, do you mean the Mowgli as, if, Mowgli. as, as uh, Baloo's friend or as the uh, fighter out of Mexico? I'm saying Baloo's friend, but... <laughs> Because it's not really like he spells it Moogly though. That's the thing. Is they it Moogly? Right. He spells it M O O G L Y. So I don't know if they're really going with the Jungle Book thing or not. Have him on the Top Turtle podcast and ask him, Dan. Is he? I don't mean to sound crass. Or, Does he speak or, English? Or, I don't. Yeah, know. Is, he, is he in English? Because I. I I actually recently did an interview with somebody who does not speak English, which was uh, a rarity for me, um, and had to do it use it with an interpreter, which is uh, an all-time nice. first. Uh, one of our all-time favorites who's fighting in a week. Uh, let me check. I'm going. Th- I'm, let me look at the card. You oh, it's going to be Blades too easy versus, if you look at the card. Blades versus Malchus. You are talking about. Hmm. Manonfiero. Manon Firo, yes, very she good. She speak English, huh? She no, she only speaks French. She might speak and, like a little English, but was not willing to do an interview in English. <laughs> and you don't speak a lick of French. 
So. Uh, I did say bonjour when we first started talking. Uh, and you, at said the it, end, you said it wrong, but okay. And at the end, I said merci. Uh, I was going to say merci beaucoup, but uh, I did definitely forget what the second part of that was. Yeah. Uh, and wound up saying merci, pausing for a really long time, and then saying manon. <laughs> did she say je ne comprends pas, Dan? She, she talks so fast that yeah. I tried to, like, pull, especially because, like, Spanish and French are not really close like Spanish and Portuguese are, but they're like, they're both romance languages. So sometimes I can pull out a word or two. Uh, but the speed of which she was talking, I was just, I'm pretty sure just smiling and, and looking really dumb and waiting for her interpreter to, to, to translate it for me. Yes. Yeah. It's always the speed with these languages that, uh, that throws off someone who, who's trying to catch on. I'm very good at reading. I can read a bunch of languages. Well, not a bunch of languages, but languages. But yeah, when someone talks to me, then I, I get lost. So um, did you tell her that she has um, – she's like one of the patron saints of our podcast? <laughs> I, I did not mention that she's a patron <laughs> saint of our podcast, but I did tell her interpreter because her interpreter came on first that uh, I was a big fan and that it was an honor, which I don't usually say to, to fighters. But I was like, no. I, I really – and she said some stuff about Valentina Shevchenko. So uh, ah. keep an eye peeled on my Twitter uh, because that interview will probably uh, come out at some point in time soon, hopefully. Yeah, that's usually the plan when you do an yeah. interview. Sometimes yeah. uh, I, I've had a scrap interviews before, but sometimes uh, usually they they come through. Um, so, um, yeah, usually you don't uh, tell the fighters because usually you pick against the fighters that you have on your podcast. Normally, <laughs> normally you don't tell them I'm a big fan of you. So I don't. Who's on I the don't podcast? Against, this... I don't pick against Manolo Firo. <laughs> no, who's on the podcast this week? We're speaking of the Top Turtle MMA podcast, Dan's other podcast. Who's on it this week so we so know I who actually, to pick again? I actually don't have anybody from this weekend's card on. I, oh, doubled, okay. I doubled down on people on UFC Columbus, uh, yeah. which is next weekend's card. Um, so this week I have uh, Brian Barbarena and Bruno Souza on. Um, and then I'm going to have more from UFC Columbus next week, I believe as well. So, um, it's going to be like UFC Columbus overload until we get to, uh, until we get to the big pay-per-view that comes after that UFC 273. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so th this concludes the, uh, plugging advertisement. <laughs> oh, and I'll plug my stuff. Go to my Substack, money MMA at uh, Substack. Go on there, subscribe. Get a, get a pay subscription. That that would help me out even greater, and then that would motivate me to write even more for you people. Um, I'm building it up with all the UFC fighter salary info that everyone seems to love and and expect from me. So um, I'm building it up as we speak. The more subscribers, the better, because the like I said, the more the harder I will work at it. So get in there, e even if it's a free subscription. Um, that's quite all right. And then hopefully I'll, I'll hook you. All right. Um, Yes, surprising. This um, actually news. Uh, our Dan's favorite fighter, favorite Dallas Cowboy, got cut finally. Greg Hardy. Um, not much, I guess we already pretty much talked about this before it happened. What we expect it to happen, and it did. Yeah, I, I would. Or also we hoped say, it would happen. Yeah, I, I, I think the writing was on the wall. He, he had like some sort of cryptic post or something like that that made it sound like he was definitely not coming back. But I would also say, did you see the other name of somebody who is disappearing from the UFC's roster? Uh, Sabina Mazo. Sabina Mazo, yeah. yeah which, she just got beat. 
that that yeah. that surprised me a little bit because um you know she she doesn't have the best record recently that's that's certainly true um if if you look back at her most recent fights you know she's coming off of uh quite a quite an ugly run so to speak um three losses in a row Alexis Davis Maria Agapova and of course the most recent one to Miranda Maverick um but she is like three and four in the UFC which isn't bad and she's I, I mean I would say she's exciting right like she's not a boring fighter her fight she's with young still she's and she's not. young yeah she's young still she's only 24 she yeah. had all those fun head kick knockouts on the regional scene that everybody was jacked up about but um yeah I was kind of surprised to see her cut yeah maybe she can go to Invicta and uh build herself back up and get back in the UFC who's to say um yeah and also the other uh, um surprise was this fight card stayed intact right we didn't lose anything <laughs> it it did in fact stay intact although i mean i guess if you go back yeah yeah it, it did it did lose a whole bunch right because we were yeah. supposed to see the debut of jake hadley which i was very excited for um we were supposed to have seen nathaniel wood was supposed to fit ludovic shaolinian um which i don't think is actually a better fight than nathaniel wood versus vince morales but shaolinian obviously being ukrainian uh that threw a wrench into things mike davis was supposed to fight jai herbert which i actually think is a little bit better of a fight than the one jai herbert's now got in front of him uh gunner nelson's opponent backed out so yeah i mean like we've seen bits and pieces fall apart but they were all like weeks ago, like this is the same card as of uh, most recent couple weeks. Yeah, which was was a surprise. Should uh, the aforementioned top Perry actually not just switch with Kazula Vargas now and fight Patty Pimblett after the uh, after the, the hand sanitizer incident that they had recently? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw that that Jai Herbert's opponent Mike Davis fell off the card, Jai Herbert is about the level of opponent that I thought Patty Pimblett should have gotten in his second fight. You know, like yeah. if you want to hype him up and you want to build him properly, like Jai Herbert's a guy who goes in there and bangs. It's a good stylistic matchup for Patty Pimblett. It's a guy who Patty in theory could probably be. It would be a really competitive fight. And it's like the right step forward. Instead, they gave him somebody who's arguably maybe worse than his original opponent. Um, a better spot on the card clearly are trying to like juice him a couple of wins uh so that he you know can be a mega star for him but like i wouldn't put him with Ilya tapuria i'm gonna be really honest with you tapuria would kill him like it, i know maybe yes. that's maybe that's a hot take for the people out there who don't know well enough about Ilya tapuria or uh are buying all of this patty pinwit hype but like Aliyah tapuria would murder him in cold blood <laughs> in the cage um it's not even close. So I'm actually glad that fight's not happening. It's a silly fight. Yes. Yeah, Dan is a, uh, I forgot you're a Patty Pimblet hater. So this is going to be a lot of Patty Pimblet hate on this, uh, this episode. He's <laughs> almost as if his name's Macy Pimblet. Not quite, but almost, but. So I will, I'll say, I'll say this right about, mm. let me, let me get in on the Patty Pimblet hate. First of all, cause I, first of all, I've interviewed, right. Patty, I've interviewed Patty Pimblet before, back when he was in cage warriors perfectly nice to me he's always been really nice to me he gave a great interview one in which he was very humble and very nice he is not that same patty pimblet anymore he seems to have let the hype go to his head uh he talks a lot of crap he said some really terrible things about foreign countries i'm i i have well i i maybe have some reasons to hate macy barber i feel like there are more reasons to hate patty pimblet am i wrong about that 
Yeah, he. Uh, it's this is the whole Connor thing. We're we're, we're going to have just like how the NBA. Every, we had a whole wave of everyone trying to be like Kobe Bryant. Now everyone's going to try. Now we have the whole wave of young fighters coming in trying to be like Conor McGregor. So it's, uh, I blame him. I, I'm okay with blaming Conor. We can blame Conor for everything. <laughs> <laughs> you can handle it. You can have it. All right, let's, let's jump into this card. I'm going to tell you about a couple awesome, awesome things first from our our uh, lovely sponsors, and then we're going to jump right into this car with both feet. First, WinBet. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and coming soon, Louisiana. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive, that's that word, exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Plus, WinBet is now offering... A bet in the underdog special. Betters will receive a $25 free bet for every 50 buck winning wager on dogs greater than plus 300. That's a free $25 bet on top of your winnings. Patrons who wager at least 500 bucks in the first and second round of the tournament, I guess it would mean that basketball thing that's going to start tomorrow, I guess, right? Officially? Uh, Not it counting started, the play-in rounds? It, yeah, it's, I was going to say it started yesterday if you count the play-in rounds. But, yeah, it's, it, it starts for the, the final 64 teams uh, as of yes. tomorrow at time of taping. There you go. So pitchers who wager at least 500 bucks in the first and second round of the tournament will earn one entry into a drawing for a trip to win Las Vegas. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And if you like contests and March Madness, then I got one for you. The Degen Dance and Merch, M-E-R-C-H Madness. SGPN, that's us, is giving away $3,000 out of Dan Vreeland's pocket in the ultimate March Madness <laughs> handicapping contest. The Degen Dance. Start March Madness with $10,000 credits. Use them to bet on your favorite March Madness bets, and whoever has the most credits when March Madness ends wins. Twenty-five hundred bucks for first, five hundred bucks for second, exclusively in the SGPN app. So download that app, nail that app, people. Uh, looking for a sweet SGPN hoodie? I have a couple, and they are sweet. Every day March Madness games are being played. Every day that March Madness games are being played will be given away a hoodie. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch, M-E-R-C-H, madness, to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash M-E-R-C-H-M-A-D-N-E-S-S. Boom. All right. Enough of that basketball stuff. Let's talk about some UFC, and it's on the road. I think I was thinking this was UFC Vegas 51 because we're, we're so accustomed to that. But, no, this is UFC – what are we going to call this one? UFC London maybe? Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure they're going – that's the hashtag on it is UFC London. Okay. In, that, in next week, you're not matters. even getting Vegas again. You're, you're going back no, to another UFC weird locale. Columbus maybe? Oh, I've got to know the hashtag, guys. I think it's UFC Columbus. Probably. I have to oh, – it's going to change how I write my articles, Dan. Oh, i got to write the article tonight. It's, this, this is throwing me a big wrench in the plans for me. i got to figure out what I'm going to call the article now, Dan. I guess UFC London is going to have to be. Okay, I figured it out. We're good. You can also call it UFC Fight Night, Volkov versus Aspinall. And, yes, indeed, it is from London, UK. Not London, Ontario, by where I live, but, no, London, United Kingdom. The O2 Arena. This Saturday – um, if you're on the East Coast, it starts at 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. That's the prelims main card, 4 p.m. ESPN+. Plus. And we've, we've got a six-card main 
card and a seven card prelims, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven card prelims. That they did some weird shuffling around of fights. That there's some fights that are on the prelims that should be on the main card, if you ask me. But anyhow, we'll, we'll dive into that in a second. First of all, a debut that Dan is excited about, I believe, and our superfan Jong in the SGPN Slack channel is excited about. It will be a flyweight debut of Mohamed Mokayev. Mokayev. Mokayev, Dan. Mohamed Mokayev versus Cody <laughs> Durden. Mokayev is who, Dan? What's his nickname? I didn't actually don't know his nickname. I'm oh, not familiar the with Punisher. that. He's okay. The Punisher. He's Punisher. Yes. All right. I'm going to tell you about Durden first. 12-3-1, five knockouts, five submissions. He's lost twice via submission. He's 1-1-1 one, one, one in the UFC. He won his last fight. He used to fight at Bantamweight. He was a regional champ. He's at plus 280. Uh, the Punisher, Mokav, who I believe we spoke of on this podcast before. Dan, I'll probably give you some more insight into him after I give you all the stats on him. That's that's your hint, Dan, to be prepared with goods. Uh, he's 6-0 with one no contest. Two knockouts, two submissions. He won his last fight via submission. This will be his debut, long-awaited debut. He's had a few postponed, has he not? I remember hearing his name before. Mokaya? Or has he not? Maybe, maybe I might be thinking someone else. No. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Jake Hadley. Maybe. Uh, he's got two inches of reach under him. He's nine years younger. Um, let's take a peek at the stats, Dan. For the age, five years or more age gap, 56% winning percentage for the younger fighter. So it's starting to creep up there. Um, minus 375. So... Uh, we'll let Dan pick first, and maybe he can give us some background on Mokaev and why everyone is so excited about him. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people are really into Mokaev. Is that like first and foremost, he's an incredible athlete, and and while a lot of people might look at him and be like, he's five and zero, we're supposed to be excited about five and zero. If you include his amateur career, he's twenty five and one draw. I want to say, um, yeah, he, he has like, a pro draw, yeah. Yeah, he, oh, he drew in his pro debut. That's right. So he won. No, he didn't. He didn't draw in a pro fight, did he? Or no contest, maybe. Excuse me, no contest. He's got a no contest in there. I yeah, think he's from, like, he's either five and zero with one no contest or six and zero. Yeah, one yeah. And I, I think he drew when he was an amateur too. But I, I could be wrong about that. But but the bottom line is this dude has loads of experience. So while you might look at him and be like, you know, this is a guy who's who's not really playing much. Why why should I be interested in him at all? Like, there's a lot of reasons to be interested in him. He's an absolute beast. He's very, very good. And his wrestling is incredible. One of the things you'll notice about him is that he um he's got like a a the style of wrestling that you come to expect from somebody whose name is Mokamed Mokaev, um, which is you know, not to be discriminatory, but like that's that's the type of wrestling you're expecting. But he's also a British native, so he's got like a lot of great kickboxing pieces that come from some of the gyms you might see around Great Britain. Um, because he that that's where he has his citizenship now. He actually qualified for wrestling in the Commonwealth Games, which is their version of like a mini Olympics that they do in is, is Canada in the Commonwealth Games? Do you guys We are. Yeah. Are it's like you guys in Australia in in yep. England. Yep, and, and probably a bunch of other smaller countries but yes they're the big ones yeah so anyway like you guys all have that little pretend tournament thing you do and uh it's a real tournament dan <laughs> it's, it's the olympics for nothing <laughs> um but anyway like you you guys have that thing that you guys do so he qualified for it so obviously he's one of the best wrestlers in all of great britain for his weight in in there's so there's so much to like about him and with all that being said that's a reason to really love him in this fight because whether or not 
you like Cody Durden or not, it's really easy to handicap Cody Durden, right? Cody Durden is good at wrestling, and that's pretty much it, right? Like, and I don't mean to be mean about Cody Durden, but he is not much of a boxer. And knowing that his wrestling is going to be that much worse than Mokayev's really gives him no path to victory here, which is why you see the odds of where they're at. Mokayev is, what, 21? Does that sound right to you about that? Uh, yeah, he's, he's 21. He won't be 22 until July. And actually, he's at 26,000 Twitter followers, so that's something. But um, the main thing on his Twitter, he's got his resume pretty much written on his Twitter. Uh, just to summarize um, what a beast he is, six times British wrestling champ, European BJJ champ, 30-0, and 0, he says, in MMA, so I guess adding his, um, his amateur record. Two times I, uh, two, IMMA Federation champion. That's the amateur, right? Amateur That's the amateur. Yeah, amateur, amateur world championships, which is yeah. uh, a lot more legit than I think a lot of people realize, too. Yeah, and two times world and European champion. So there you go. He is our pick, right, Dan? Yeah, I mean, obviously. Like, he's going to, he's going to absolutely steamroll uh, Cody Durden. And in addition to that, too, I, I know we don't usually talk about daily fantasy here, but I would – I would make sure Mohamed Mokayev is in my daily fantasy lineup. You have to wait and see if he's in my column. It'll run on Sports Gambling Podcast Friday, early Friday. So I, I always, I always check it. Yeah, Dan's yeah, already. Uh, yeah, Jillian Robertson. To... Yeah, Jillian Robertson. I did. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes you you, you got to make sacrifices. No, actually, I thought she was going to win, and so did you. So there you go. Um, all right. So we're on the same page with Mokayev. That's uh, moving on to Bantamweights. Nathaniel Wood versus Vince Morales. Um, another hyped-up guy, Nathaniel Wood. Uh, the prospect versus Vendetta, Vince Morales, who was taking this fight on short notice. We'll, we'll dip into the stats like I always like to do. Late replacements, 38% winning percentage. This year, 33%. So it's even worse. So it's um, something to keep in mind. Sometimes late replacements come through. Sometimes, usually they don't, though. Um, all right. We'll go with Vandetta versus Vince Morales. 11-5, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. He's 3-3 three and three in the UFC. He's won two straight, however. Last one via knockout. He was 0-1 in the Contender Series, 2-0 in Bellator. He used to fight up at featherweight. He was a regional champ. He's got an inch of height and an inch of reach over Wood, plus 230. The prospect, Nathaniel Wood, 17-5, nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. He's 4-2 and two in the UFC. He's got a loss-win-loss with his last fight being a loss. That was back in October of 2020. Back to the stats again, since we haven't checked the stats for a little while. Year off. Fighters who have had at least a year off in the cage, 49% winning percentage. So it's not that bad, really. Uh, this year, they're at 56%. So um, take that for what, it, what it's worth. Um, what else can I tell you about him? He was a Cage Warrior champion. That's going to be a theme on this card. This is the Cage Warrior alumni card. Uh, he was one known Bellator. 2012 debut. So can you really be a prospect if you've been a pro for 10 years, Dan? Uh, I always hate those nicknames. <laughs> exactly. That, like Prodigy, prospect, just get those out of here. Yep. Or the team dream. He's, he's, he's just the dream now. Is Chase yeah, Cooper just I, the dream? Yeah, he's just the dream. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Wood is three years younger than Morales, despite being around for a decade. He's more active striker, better grappling stats, minus 300, and he is also my pick. I got to go with the prospect here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nathaniel Wood, too. And for, for anybody looking for a reason to be like, is, is he really as good as we think we, he is? I, I would say this, just like 
the only problems he's ever had in the UFC, and against some pretty damn good competition. You know, he's beat Johnny Eduardo and, and Andre Ewell and John Castaneda. Like, the only problems he's had is when he can't back up his really good striking with a couple of takedowns. Um, John Dodson and Casey Kenny, both guys who wrestle pretty well, both guys who, you know, stymied what he wanted to do, which is mixing the wrestling enough to get his striking going. And, you know, he's got a great submission game. He's got tons of rear naked chokes on his record that, that Dars Choka, uh, and Johnny Eduardo was a very slick, very good. So I think that Daniel Wood has got all of the makings of a guy to give Vince Morales a lot of trouble because Vince Morales is not great at stuffing the takedown. He gave up three to Draco Rodriguez, who I'm pretty sure is no longer in the UFC. So, um, yeah, I'm all over Nathaniel Wood on this one. I think he's a pretty easy pick. Throwing fire at Draco Rodriguez. Draco Rodriguez catching uh, shrapnel, Dan. He has nothing to do with this card. How? That's your style, though. And that's usually uh, that's usually saved <laughs> just for Jordan Williams. <laughs> it's true. Who is no longer with the UFC as well. Um, all right. Let's move on to a female fight, a, another young prospect, uh, someone you could call the prospect, or is there any um, – no, I guess she's not a teen dream anymore. Maybe she's just a dream as well. That would be Corey McKenna, who's back in a women's strawweight fight against Elise Reed. Um, do we have nicknames? McKenna already has a couple of nicknames, The Hobbit and Poppins, so a couple of classic nicknames. I may have to steal Poppins. Wouldn't that be good, Jeff Poppins Fox? <laughs> Jeff Chimchimarie, it would it would be uh, right. funnier if we could we could go just complete irony type nickname and call you the Hobbit. That's true. That <laughs> would be Jeff, funny as well. Jeff the Hobbit Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell you about Reed. Elise Reed needs a nickname. She McKenna should lend her a nickname. Uh, Reed is four and one with two knockouts as a pro. She's been knocked out once in her career. Oh, and won the UFC, which was the knockout. She got TKO'd. She was one and zero in Bellator. She was the CFFC champion. She's got five inches reach on McKenna. That's something to uh, something of note. Have I mentioned reach yet? No. Reach stats. Let's take a peek. Four inches or more reach, 50-50. Kind of surprising. I've only started doing this this year. Um, reach is really not as big a deal as we probably make it out to be. As you um, probably make it out to be? That I make it out to be. Because <laughs> um, it's only, like I said, only 50-50 overall since I started doing this a couple years ago. Just a fighter with the re- a reach advantage is only winning 53% of the time. So it's a little advantage, but not as much as, as you'd expect. Um, but I will keep crunching the numbers until they come out in my favor. So um, <laughs> She's at plus 195. Uh, McKenna, 6-1, two knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. 1-0 in the UFC. However, she's been out since November of 2020. Do you know the story there? Is this a pandemic story with her? Since um... the European... I'm not actually quite sure of why she's been out that long. Yeah. Um, one in the contender series, she's won four straight fights. She's seven years younger than Reed. Um, striking stats in her favor, and she's 13 times more active striking, but this is based off of one fight for each lady, or actually two fights for each lady. Actually, yeah. Two fights for McKenna, one fight for Reed, excuse me. But still, far more active. Grappling stats in her favor at minus 250. Are we going to be on the same page and take another young prospect here, Dan? Yeah, I'm going to take Corey McKenna. I yeah. I will say this. I, I wasn't as impressed with her win over Kay Hansen as a lot of people were. And that's actually a win that hasn't even aged all that well because no, Kay Hansen no. has kind of looked a little lackluster lately. Granted, some of that was going up a weight class and whatnot. But uh, Corey McKenna, I, I didn't even know if she won that fight. But the bottom line is here is she's fighting somebody in Elise Reed whose glaring weakness in her game is her wrestling and her takedowns and stuff like that. And that's what Corey McKenna likes to do. So even if you weren't super impressed with her debut, kind of like I wasn't, I still think she's the smart play here. 
Yes, McKenna is the pick. I just realized we got three. This is a very big prospect heavy card, is it not? We got three yeah. young guns here, right? Well, and, I guess and Williams we got, is super young at this point. But. We got more coming too. Yeah, exactly. There, there are plenty more uh, young guns coming up. This is a yeah. This is a very good card. Uh, as an aside, if you ever want a something to blow up on Reddit, just post something about Greg Hardy being cut and like I'm just getting non. I posted that on Reddit. And I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just getting nonstop comments and people voting it up. So yeah, not a very popular man that Greg Hardy. All right, before we move on, I'm going to tell you about something that is maybe Greg Hardy would be a little more popular if he used this product than Manscaped. You think? I, you think that's I why think, everyone hates I, him? I think that would not help him. No, that's not what the issue is? Okay. Well, anyhow, if gonna, that is I'm your gonna go issue... On a, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. <laughs> if, if it is your issue uh, out there, listeners, then I got a deal for you here. Spring is sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use promo code SGP to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing Performance Package 4.0. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is a pube assassin. Was this? Did I say pube assassin last episode, Dan? That's, <laughs> that's an amazing, amazing uh combo of words there um it's waterproof and equipped with an led light so you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine this elite trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin well your balls might look like punchy bags don't treat them like one and benefit benefit from their proprietary skin safe technology have you ever met someone who finds nose hairs attractive dan have you do you have a report on that you were going to ask your wife I I did ask ask my wife, and she says, while she is attracted to me, that it was not (laughs) due to the nose hair. (laughs) Did she tell you what it was due to? Because a lot of us are curious. Yeah, no, I'm still curious, too, and I didn't want (laughs) to dig too deep because I might find out (laughs) the answer. That's true. Okay, so it's not Dan's lovely wife. But anyhow, if you do have nose hair issues, the Wee Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps to reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. We don't want you to hurt your your ear holes because that's how you get our goodness into your ear holes of this podcast their crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer it's starting to get hot outside it actually is fairly nice out today so i will not argue with this um and this is crucial so your ball stops sticking your leg i didn't, didn't have that problem yet you'll also find the crop reviver spray on toner for your balls so many balls dan so many balls in this read <laughs> which will keep you smelling fresh down there just like spring flowers complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty. If you purchase now, you'll receive two free gifts, the performance boxer briefs and shed travel bags. Smell good and feel good this spring. Here is your call to action, y'all. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. All right, let's upgrade everyone's bankroll a bit more here with... Another a bantamweight fight. Another actually couple of these guys are still prospects, I would say, right? Jack Shore and Timur Valiev. Do they still can? Do we still consider them prospects out there? I guess Valiev's thirty-two. He's not a prospect. Yeah, he, he spent a lot of time in like major organizations over in Russia too. So yeah. like, I it, I mean, sure was in Cage Titans, but like he's still only twenty-seven. I, I'd say he's he's yep. still pretty prospecty. 
Indy hasn't had, had to fight really tough guys yet either. Would you say this this card is very prospecty as well? I I would in fact yes. A very prospecty card. Prospecty maybe in the title. I'm going to type it just in case because we haven't stumbled across our alt title yet. But Cuban Assassin wasn't good. <laughs> Which one? Oh yeah, Cuban yeah. I, it's a good one, but I don't know if I don't know how how many clicks that'll get. We'll see. I, I wrote it down regardless. All right, let's tell you about Tank Shore, Jack Shore. He's fifteen and zero. Three knuckles, four and only UFC, cage, a former Cage Warrior champion. There, that is again. Um, he also used to fight at Bantamweight. I think that's where he was the. Wait, actually, this fight is at Bantamweight. Excuse me. Is this fight at Bantamweight? Yes, it is. He used to fight at Featherweight. I guess is what I meant. He was the Bantamweight champion, Cage Warriors, right? Yeah, I think. Okay, he's two inches taller than Valiev, four inches of reach, five years younger, striking and grappling stats in his favor, plus one hundred five. And I was surprised that. Well, I, I was surprised that he's fought four times in the UFC. The time flies. Um, Valiab, the lucky. Not lucky. His nickname is the lucky. Very interesting. 18-2 uh, with one no contest. Five knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. He's 2-0 and with one no contest in the UFC. He's won, He's got nine straight fights undefeated. He's went 8-1 in World Series of Fighting in PFL. He used to fight at featherweight as well. Made his debut in 2010. All right, th- these are all the disciplines that he is a champion in. Pancreation, grappling, kudo, hand-to-hand, uh, hand-to-hand, um, there's some kind of hand-to-hand uh, combat thing also. In uh, Is he Russian? He's from that part. He's Russian. I believe he's Russian, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's, it's, I know. I got to be careful calling people Russian nowadays, but yes. Anyhow, he's a champion in all those di- different disciplines. He's also the more active striker in MMA or in the UFC in the shore. Minus 130. Here's my first dog, Dan. Dan, I'm taking shore. Plus 105. Hey. Like hey, look name. at hey, look at us uh, following each other nonstop for two whole cards. Because I'm uh, also going to take Jack Shore here. Uh, I think Jack Shore is being slept on here. I couldn't believe he was an underdog. Yep. Don't get me I'm wrong. Very there, happy. There's lots of things to like about Valiev, right? I, I, there's tons of things that I like about Valiev. But my big problem is, is that like I think he gets worse as the fight goes on. Uh, I think he gets tired. We saw it in that Trevin Jones fight. And granted, he thought he had Trevin Jones backed out, so that. Uh, you know, you can't use that too much. But Jack Shore is, like, is one of those dudes who, like, figures stuff out more and more as he fights. Um, he's got a great ground game, so I don't expect Valiev to be able to take him there. Uh, you know, I, I think ultimately he's going to be the rangier fighter in this one, which I, I think is going to play him quite well here. And, you know, you always get the home crowd advantage, too. Uh, I, I tend to, to think that that plays really well for certain fighters, and Jack Shore is one of them. So, yeah, I, I like Jack Shore as an underdog player. I couldn't believe he was an underdog, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Same, same with me. Pleasantly surprised by that. Um, yeah, the O2 Arena, you would guess would be, you would suspect would be rocking with the UFC finally back. And the card full, it's just full of, of uh, European fighters. So, um, like our next fight, for instance, light heavyweight, Nikita, Nikita Krylov, who I mistakenly said Russian. He lives in Russian, or he's listed as living in Russian, but he is uh, Ukrainian. He's fighting the Bear Jew, Paul Craig, who is Scottish. Um, what is, do you know Krylov has a nickname, Dan? I don't think I've yeah, seen his nickname until now. Al Capone? Uh, no. Or is, I, it, I see, or is it the Miner? The Miner, yes. Yeah, I knew, I I knew both know. of those. He used to be Al Capone. He used to be Nikita Al Capone Krylov. He, he's Al Capone. Wow. I didn't know he was Al Capone. He's very, very old. <laughs> Something to keep in mind going into this fight. Let's tell you about Bear Jew first, Paul Craig. 15-4-1. Three knocks. 12 submissions, so he's finished all of his fights. And hey, looky here. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once, so all of his losses have also come via uh, finish. 
he went to a draw once. I guess that was the only fight that went to the distance in his 20 pro fights. So maybe a prop bet here, y'all. 7-4-1 uh, and one in the UFC. He's won three straight. He's gone 4-0-1 over his last five. All of them finishes. All, all the last four of his wins are finishes. He was the Bama champ. He was a regional champ. Grappling stats in his favor. Plus 150. Krylov, the minor, 27-8. 11 knockouts, 15 submissions. So also a finisher. He's been knocked at once, submitted five times. So he gets finished a lot, too. Um, he's 8-6 and six in the UFC over two stints. His last stint has not gone quite as well. He's gone loss, win, loss, win, loss. His last fight being a loss uh, over a year ago, February 2021. He was Fight Night's global champion previously. He used to fight at heavyweight. He made his debut in 2012. He's got an inch of reach on Craig, five years younger than him. Almost two times more active striker. Minus 190. Uh, it's you this time. I'm actually going to go dog again. I'm going to take Paul Craig in this fight. Um, I think the difference maker here for me is the fact that I've seen Nikita Krylov make a lot of mistakes in the ground. Um, he, he is, he can be really skilled on the ground, right? Like he makes a lot of smart decisions too, but we've also seen him submitted by Misha Serkinov with a guillotine choke by putting his head in the wrong spot. Um, submitted by Ovid St. Prue by keeping his arms in the wrong spot, submitted by Jan Blankovic, who doesn't usually get that many submissions. But, like, we've seen him make dumb decisions multiple times on the ground. And Paul Craig is somebody who just can't make even one dumb decision against on the ground because he immediately makes you pay for it. So I'm a little bit worried about that. Also, I think Paul Craig has been getting better with his boxing and getting better at using his boxing to get to the mat. Whereas, like, I don't know that Krylov is going to knock him out. Like, you know, Paul Craig has looked pretty good in there against some guys who are definitely better boxers than him, right? Like, I, I, you wouldn't say, you know, Jamal Hill is a uh, worse boxer than Paul Craig, but hey, there it is. Paul Craig submitted him. And even Shogun, you know, you would think is a better striker than Paul Craig. But, I mean, he went out there and, and just absolutely dominated Shogun. He dominated Kennedy Zuchuku. He, he like... He tapped out Magomed Ankalaev, who we're, you know, talking about being awesome. So, yeah, I, I think Paul Craig is just going to catch one of those mistakes and get us up here. Yep, I agree. I'm taking Craig as well. Look at this. Uh, I know. <laughs> wild. Um, plus, I, Krylov seems like he's seen better days. So, like, almost half of his pro losses have come over his last, like, handful of fights. So, um, But if, if we're going – I know we're not at the prop part yet, but if we're going Craig, is it – like, we're already getting a good number, but – do we have to juice it more? Like Craig via submission is probably the route that he's going to win this fight since not a guy goes to decision really. I would say that, but the only thing is I would say is, is that fight. I, I remember vividly having taken a Paul Craig by submission prop once upon a time. And it was that Shogun fight, which he actually won by TKO by just taking Shogun's back and just like, yeah. Hit her back. And like, yeah, I, I would hate to see that happen. So like, if you're going to take him, and you want to prop it to, to juice the line a little bit more. Maybe just inside the distance is a smarter yep. play. Yeah, like sure. don't don't take a sub prop or don't take a, a TKO prop. Just take inside the distance. But that's why they call it gambling. So, um, all right, before I move on, stable duel. There are never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. 
The app is free to download at StableDuo.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuo.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner circle. Play, race, win at Stable Duel. All right, let's get some more winners. Heavyweights, Shamil Abdurakhimov versus Sergei Pavlovich. Um, we've talked about Abdurakhimov's nickname is Abrek, A-B-R-E-K. I don't think we ever got to the bottom of what that is or why that's his nickname, though, have we? I have not, correct. <laughs> All right. Well, have him on your show, Dan. Have him on your show. Um, he's 20 and 6, Abrek, that would be, Abdurakhimov. Nine knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted once. Five and four in the UFC. Lost his last two fights via TKO. He was a regional champ. He also was a Sanshu champion. He made his MMA debut in 2008. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 240. Pavlovich making his long-awaited return. He's been out since October 2019. He's 14-1, 11 knockouts. He's been knocked out himself once. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights via TKO. He was the Fight Night's global champion. He's set eight inches reach, and he's 11 years younger than Abdurakhimov. He's almost three, or he's about two and a half times more active. A striker, minus 325. I will be taking Pavlovich despite him being on the shelf for, for such a long time. Um, I don't, and I'm not crazy about any heavyweight line as high as 325, but he's my pick. Yeah, and I think he's just like a rangier striker. Um, and I think that's given Abdurakhimov like, issues in the bat past, right? Like, he. he Abdurkimov needs you to be in close. He needs to grapple with you a little bit. Like, he tried to do that with Derek Lewis before eventually doing what everybody does, not name Tai Tuivasa against Derek Lewis, which is just eat a bunch of fists. Um, and, like, so uh, Pavlovich is a pretty sharp boxer. Like, a lot of people wrote him off after that Andre or uh, not Andre Orlovsky, um, Alistair Overeem, sorry, some other old guy loss. Um, but he looked really good against the next two fights. He clearly can box. Um, so I, I kind of expected to just see him box here and, and win this fight pretty easily. Yes, he is the pick. We're on the same page once again. Um, plus my son told me I looked like Abdurakhimov at one point. So screw that guy. The kid and, <laughs> and Abdurakhimov. Screw them both. All right, main event, other prelims, featherweights, Mike Grundy versus Mach 1, Amir Khani. So we got Mr. Finland up against Mike Grundy. Um, Amir Khani is 16-7, one knockout, 11 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. He's 6-5 in the UFC. Oh, he, he was such a bright prospect at some point, at one point. But now he's gone three straight losses and only one win in his last five. He lost via knockout his last fight. He used to fight at... Bantamweight, this one is at Bantamweight. He made his debut in 2010. He's a wrestling champion, an amateur boxer. He's three inches of the height on Grundy. He's a year younger. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 142. Grundy, 12-3, one knockout, eight submissions. He's been subbed once. That's the only time he's been stopped in his career. He's been on a bit of a skid, too. He's only won one of his last three, um, and he's lost his last two. He was a regional champion before UFC. He used to fight at lightweight. He also is a wrestling champion, but far higher level than more like Olympic uh, level wrestler uh, than Amir Khan. He was um, striking and active striking stats in his favor. Minus 180. It's your turn. I'm going to go with my third dog of this card. I'm going to take Mach 1 Amir Khani in this fight. Um, I, I am a little bit surprised in thinking about it because I am a big Mike Grundy fan. I've been a big Mike Grundy fan for a while, but 
what I've seen out of Mike Grundy is I'm not sure that he's a better boxer than Makwan Amirakani. And while he is a really good wrestler, like, he's never really done well grappling against guys who grapple. You know, like, he, he didn't do well with Mobstar Evloev. He didn't do good with Lando Venata. Um, you know, like, he's beaten guys who don't grapple, but, like, anytime somebody can kind of at least go toe-to-toe with him, he suffers. And I kind of think Makwan Amirakani can do that. Like, despite Makwan Amirakani's losses, like, he's still a pretty damn good grappler, and he's probably a better striker. And when you look at the the losses he has, he lost to Edson Barboza. I kind of thought he was pretty close in that fight. The Camuela Kirk fight... Um, you know, that, that's not a good win or a good loss, but you know, it is what it is. And he was really beating the hell out of Lerone Murphy before he ate that knee. So, you know, maybe not the worst set of losses there. And he's still beating guys like Chris Vishgold and Danny Henry and he's submitting them. I kind of, you know, I, I, I worry about whether or not Mike Grundy gets so frustrated with the striking that he shoots some like desperation takedowns and it doesn't go well for him. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go dog here again. I, I'm going to go with Makwan Amirakani. All right, we're going to differ finally. I uh, No faith in Amerikanji. I'm hoping Grundy uses his strong wrestling to win this, but he is my pick. Mike Grundy is the pick, like I said. That's I our first be... differ yes. in, in like 20 fights. <laughs> nah, but we, we had some last. No, last, last card, but we had, we differed. The card before, we didn't differ. Oh, it was the one before. You're right, you're yeah. right. But still, it, it's been, yeah. We, we've been on the same page, which just normally works out well. So, no, this, uh, yeah, I'm going Grundy. In this fight, that concludes the prelims. Let's tell you about one more sponsor, and then we'll do we'll rip through the main card for you. PropSwap. We're brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is here, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Like Zach from California, who purchased a Tennessee championship ticket on PropSwap at 40 to 1 odds. Those first books are only offering 25 to 1 odds. So now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high and cash out on a prop swap when the tourney starts. Cinderella stories happen every year, so don't miss your shot. Hurry and download the free prop swap app today. The app has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. Alright, main card. 4pm Eastern ESPN Plus. We start with Lightweights, Jai Herbert versus Ilya Tapuria. Herbert used to have a nickname the Black Country Banger, but I stole that. He's up against El, Mat- El Matador. Um, Herbert, 11-3. Nine knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once, so he's been finishing all of his fights, and he's finished all of his uh, wins except one. He was a cage warriors champ. He's six, six inches taller than Tarpuria, eight inches of reach on him, plus 340. Uh, Herbert just, he's had, UFC must hate him, eh? The, the opponents he's been given. Is, it's is, a crazy insane. list. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Hanada Moicano, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Tapuria is a very difficult uh, person to fight. He's had, he debuted um, against Francisco Trinaldo. Yeah. And then he's had Hanada Moicano, and then Kama Worthy, which, is, uh, which he got the win over. So he's not been – usually the Cage Warrior champs, that they kind of treat him nicer than this. But no, not the case with Herbert. Uh, let me tell you about this week's um, full of his Tapuria, El Matador, 11-0. So there you go, another killer. Three knockouts, seven submissions. He's won three – 
three and zero in the UFC. Uh, the last two via finish. Used to fight at um, bantamweight and featherweight. He was having issues missing weight, so now he's up at lightweight. He was a regional champ. He's nine years younger than Herbert. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor. Minus four seventy five. I will take him as well. I don't like that number, but I will be taking him. Oh, I love that number. I, I think, <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I mean, like, he's going to just absolutely slaughter Jai Herbert. Like, and I mean no offense to Jai Herbert, but, like, if you can't stand in box and take punches from Francisco Trinaldo, you can't stand and take punches from Ilya Tapuria, who is not only longer, he's faster, and he's sharper on the feet. And get this, it's not even the best part of his game. He's better at grappling than he is at striking there's no path to victory in my mind for Jai Herbert other than landing that miracle knockout blow on the feet. And I just don't think he's going to do that. So yeah, I'm, I'm all over Tapuria here. No matter how large the number is, I think it's a fine number. <laughs> don't worry. I will keep the legacy of your nickname, the black country banger alive, even if you um, get slaughtered here. All right, moving on women's flyweights, Molly McCann versus Luana Carolina. Uh, McCann is Meatball Molly, of course, and Carolina is a Dread. Let's tell you about Luana Dread first. She's 8-2, and two, two knockouts, one submission. She's been submitted once in her career. She's 3-1 and one in the UFC, winning two straight fights. She's 1-0 in the Contender Series. She has missed weight in the past. She used to fight because she used to fight downweight classes. She used to, actually, she fought up at bantamweight and down at featherweight. This one's right in the middle of flyweight. She's got 2 inches of height on McCann, 7 inches of reach, 3 years younger, plus 108. Meatball Molly, 11-4, four knockouts. She's been submitted once, 4-3 and three in the UFC. She, however, she's only won one of her last three, which actually was her last fight. Hey, have you heard this before? She was the Cage Warriors champion. Uh, also a regional champion. She has missed weight as well in the past. More active striker, minus 135. Over to you. I'm going to take Molly McCann here. Um, in, I'm, I'm like slightly hesitant here because she's given up a lot of reach against Luana Carolina. But here's what I'll say. Luana Carolina, despite being a very long and tall, I don't want to call her a kickboxer. She's got a Thai style about her. She doesn't fight very tall or very long. She likes to get into the clinch. She likes to pressure. She likes all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, I think that, A, plays into Molly McCann's boxing because um, she does better in, kind of in a dirty boxing setting or in a close-range setting. And, B, I think that always also lends itself well to Molly McCann's takedowns because while – you know, we typically think of Molly McCann as a boxer. She actually, most of her wins have come when she mixes in her wrestling well. You know, the Deanna Belbicha fight sticks out to me as she pretty much only won that fight because she was out grappling Belbicha. So Luana Carolina showed holes in her grappling. She even got taken down by a straw weight last time out. You know, she had trouble with Ariane Lipsky on the ground. Um, yeah, like I, I just think Molly McCann here probably out grapples her um, and wins a decision. We are different again. I'm going with uh, the dog here. Like her size, um, and I've kind you of you love the reach off. advantage. You love a good. No, reach I do. Advantage. I love. Well, if if you're saying McCann's going to box with her, then that's maybe issues. But um, yeah, I, I like Carolina's trajectory far better than McCann's. So I, I will uh, splash on the dog money here for this one. Watch weights. Have you heard this? Heard of this guy before, Dan Gunnar Nelson? He's back. <laughs> It's been a while. Um, he's fighting, <laughs> it has been a, quite a while. He's fighting Takashi Saito, who's stepping in on short notice. In this fight, do you know what his nickname is, Stan? Did you know he had one? Gunnar Nelson? No. Takashi oh, Sato? Sato. Sato yeah. um, I don't know it. Not off the top, man. His nickname's oh, Ken. I, was I think you, you told me that. that. I think you told me that last weekend. Really? Why is 
his nickname 10, though. That's what I want to know, Dan. No, I, no, I, no idea. Come on, you're the nickname guy. I, yeah, I, do, I usually know. I, you speak I, Japanese, don't you? I, I do not speak Japanese. Contrary <laughs> to popular, romance language. Yeah, co- contrary to popular belief. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's tell you about um, Sato, who is stepping in, like I said, on a short notice. He's 16-4, and 4, 11 knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted three times, so all of his losses have come via finish. 2-2 two two in the UFC, he's got a win-loss, win-loss. He got submitted in his last fight back in November 2020. This is a short notice, like I said, fight for him. He's got an inch of reach on Nelson, two years younger. He's almost two times more active striking, plus 310. Gunny Nelson, that's his nickname, Gunny, 17-5-1, four knockouts, 12 uh, submissions. He's been knocked out once. The only time he's been finished in 23 fights. He's 8-5 in the UFC. He lost two straight and only won one of his last four. However, he hasn't fought since September 2019, so it's been a while. He made his debut in 2007. He is a grappling champion. He's an inch taller than Sato. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 425. Um, both guys are coming off a layoff, which helps. And Sato is stepping in short notice. So I'll go with Nelson here. I think his, his grappling can get the job done for a guy who three out of his four losses have come via submission. Yeah, and I would typically worry about Sato landing the big bomb because he, he does have absolute dynamite in his hands. But the big problem with him here for me is that First of all, Gunnar Nelson fights well at range. He's got that karate stance that keeps him away from really dangerous strikes. Um, and then, like, once it hits the ground, it's over. Gunnar Nelson, a, a very, very high-level grappler. People forget he has a submission over Jeff Munson in Abu Dhabi's, which is, I mean, like, no small feat to beat a guy that much bigger than you in the absolute division at Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, I, I'm all over Gunnar Nelson here. I, I think he wins this one rather easy, and you might want to look into a sub problem. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so, yeah, Nelson is the pick here for both of us. Um, and hopefully, speaking of eating a, a big bomb, he hasn't hopefully eaten any big bombs over the past, what, three years so far? two and a half years, so hopefully that, that helps as well. Um, all right, moving on. Lightweights, Patty Pimlet versus Kazula Vargas. Kazula uh, um, is actually his nickname. His real name is what? Rodrigo, I believe. Or Hodhigo, actually. Uh, Pimlet <laughs> is the baddie. The uh, us Vargas. 12 and 4, 7 knockouts, 3 submissions. He's been subbed once in his career, the only time he's been finished. 1 and 2 in the UFC. He won his last fight. Used to fight at welterweight. Uh, grappling stats in his favor, plus 350. Patty the Batty, a.k.a. Owen Hart, 17-3, six knockouts, seven submissions. He's been finished once in his career via submission. He's won and only UFC, won via knockout. Uh, we Dan and I were not impressed with his performance, though. Uh, he's won three straight fights, all finishes. He was a two-division cage warrior champion. He used to fight at featherweight. He made his debut in 2012. He's got two inches of height, two inches of reach on Vargas, 10 years younger than him, almost three times more active striking, minus 500. Is it me or is it you? I, I forgot already. Um, I can go first on this one. You I, go. I, I'm nowhere near this line. Like, I, I think if you're betting oh. minus 500 on Patty Pimblett, you're an idiot. But I do think he's the right play. Like, this is a setup fight. They want Patty Pimblett to look good at home, um, to continue to buoy him as a star. Um, like, there were calls for him to fight Jared Gordon. There were calls for him to fight uh, Donald Cerrone. There's a reason he got Kazula Vargas is because he can handle Kazula Vargas, and I don't think he would have handled either of those other two. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say 
Uh, I'll take Pimblet here, but I'm not interested in him. I'm not interested in props on him. Uh, I just say probably pass on this fight, but he's probably gonna win. Yeah, so there's no props at all. Um, no, I mean like I, I mean like yeah, no, because I'm not. I mean like late, lately he's fancied himself a striker. I I don't know that he'd be able to knock out Rodrigo Vargas, but like. He definitely could take him down and sub him. I could also see him just laying an absolute fucking egg and and winning a very one-sided decision here and just not being able to get Vargas out of there. So, like, yeah, I I don't love inside the distance props. I don't love distance props. I don't like picking rounds or method. Like, I just – he's going to win. He's going to win this fight. But, like, it probably will look pretty sloppy. The Paddy Pimblet slander and hate continues. This that could be. I'll the turn it. Title. I'll turn it up if you want. <laughs> yeah, you have more, really. You actually what? let's let's name the episode. It's gonna be sloppy. <laughs> there you go. Good title, AKA Paddy Pimblet. Um, yeah, I remember we were not impressed at all with his uh, debut, which he almost lost and ended up winning via knockout. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked against him in that fight too. Um. And, and that was against Luigi Vendramini, who again, you know, Mia. yeah, and like not maybe not the best fighter. To a racist, be, sorry. Uh, I think he's I was Brazil- doing Mario. I think he's Brazilian, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, so it's so. not racist. I'm good. <laughs> it's just it's just Luigi. Um, yeah, like I, I don't even think he's particularly all that that great, and he really gave Patty a run for his money. So yep. Yeah, like like I said, if Patty fought Jared Gordon here like a lot of people thought he was going to, he'd have gotten smoked. Yep, very true. Um, harking back to uh, fighters getting cut, the only positive about Jared Gooden beating cut, we have one less Jared Good, Gordon Gooden. <laughs> one less yeah, in the UFC. You, helps, you, so. you know the one I'm talking about because Gooden's gone. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Um, yeah, this is a, a pretty fire fight card, especially if you're into the European uh, younger European fighters. All right, co-main event. Featherweights, Arnold Allen versus Dan Hooker, who's making the drop down to featherweight. Um, seems like Dan Hooker just fights nonstop. Uh, he's the hangman. Um, the guy who doesn't fight all the time is um, the almighty Allen. Uh, that's kind of probably why there isn't as much steam on him as, as there should be. Um, let's tell you, this fight is basically a, a pick almost on the board. Let's, let's break her down. We'll tell you about Hooker first. 21 and 11, 10 knockouts, 7 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted three times. He's 11-7 and seven in the UFC. He's only won one of his last four, including losing his last fight, which his last fight was via submission. Um, he used to fight at lightweight or exclusively almost at lightweight. He, was, he had multiple regional championships before he joined the UFC. Made his debut in 2009. He also was a kickboxing champion. He's four inches taller than Allen. He's got five inches of reach. He's one in 1. 1.7, uh, so about one and a half times uh, more active a striker. He's at minus 110. Uh, the slight favorite would be Almighty Allen. 17-1, five knockouts, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 8-0 in the UFC. He was a regional champ. He used to fight at lightweight as well. Made his debut in 2012. He's 3-0 as a pro kickboxer. Four years younger than Hooker. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 115. Um, Almighty Allen is my pick. Like I said, I think um doesn't have a whole lot of steam on his name because he hasn't been as active as we would have like to see him like he made his UFC debut in 2015 so we're talking we're coming up in seven years and he fought eight times only uh, over that over that span so you know you'd like to see 14 you know 15 fights over that span normally so um regardless he is my pick here I think he can handle Dan Hooker who will be making a 
drastic weight cut down to to featherweight because he's he's a long boy. So, um, and I like the the almost pickup numbers here. So, Almighty Allen, thank you. Yeah, I agree with you on Allen. Um, I, I I know that people make a big deal about the weight cut, but here's. I mean, like, I'm going to make a deal out of the weight cut, not because I think he's going to have trouble getting down, but he's also just not got the same work rate at, when he was down at featherweight as he did when he was up at, right. at lightweight. So it's going to slow him down. Um, in addition to that, he has less of the pop when he's down there, right? Like, his losses were to Maximo Blanco and, and Jason Knight when he was back at, at featherweight. And yeah, okay, so that was a while ago, and we can assume he got better, but largely he got better by going up in weight where he could put a pace on guys, like, right? Like, he put a pace on Paul Felder. I don't think he can keep that pace up yep. down at at featherweight. And let me tell you this, I also think, like, Arnold Allen at his best featherweight versus Dan Hooker at his best lightweight, I still like the skills and techniques of Arnold Allen in that fight. When you add in this extra factor of the weight cut, of the fact that he hits harder, he can't keep up the same pace down at featherweight. I, I think Arnold Allen's kind of an obvious pick. I, I don't want to, I don't want to like sell this uh, a little bit too much, but I, I do think he is a pretty obvious pick in this one for me. Right, and there's a reason that Hooker's going down to featherweight because his career is not uh, going the way he wants it to go at, currently. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, he's not just going down for the heck of it; he's going down because he's slumping. Um, why is Allen only fought seven times in eight years? What's the story behind that? I, don't I know. Remember I know for a little. Him. I know for a little bit he had some visa troubles. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't want to put the wrong kind of uh, shit on his no, resume that isn't. I know but what I, you're going to say in his trip. <laughs> didn't he get in a bar fight or something yeah. like that? And he he yeah. smashed a bottle over somebody's head or something like that, and then he couldn't fight in the U.S. And the U.S. was only or the the UFC was only going to. England or or Ireland like once a year so he was only getting a fight once a year which I mean sucks for him but at the same time like that's kind of what he built himself into yeah yeah it was something interesting like he got charged with causing a melee or something let me see what it's um he played guilty to a fray Dan a fray exactly exactly fighting or fighting in public place is what it means so he got in a brawl in 2016, left a man and five women injured. Ah, that's not cool. Um, that was, what, five years ago when he was, like, 22 or three. So hopefully all the brawling is in the cage for him now. So anyhow, uh, he is our pick, and we both like that number here. Um, all right, made him at time. This one is actually – this is a very interesting fight that we'll break down. Um, not by no means, at least for me, a slam dunk uh, pick give you guys lots of faith in my pick heading into it. Uh, heavyweights, Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall. Volkov did make it to the fight. Um, sounds like it was a lot of uh, hassle for him, and I see that he just got COVID again a few months ago also, so it's been a tough little while for him. I'm sure living in Russia right now is, is not much fun either. Um, all right, he's Drago. Aspinall doesn't have a nickname. Maybe he will pick one up if he keeps picking up wins at the rate he has. Uh, let's tell you about Drago for 34 and 9, 22 knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. Uh, he's very durable. Uh, for a heavyweight who's fought, what, 43 times, only needs to be knocked out twice. I think I read a stat on Fight Forecaster on Substack that I think Volkov's only been knocked down twice in his whole UFC career, which is very impressive as well. Uh, he's 8 and 3 in the UFC. He's won three of his last four, including his last fight. 
He previously fought in Bellator. He went six and three, and he was the champion. He also was the M1 champion. He debuted in 2009. He's two inches of height, has two inches of height on Aspinall, two inches of reach. Uh, based on the last weigh-ins, he was 16 pounds heavier. Uh, he's at plus 100, so even money for him. Aspinall, 11 and two, nine knockouts, two submissions. Everything's a finish. He's been submitted once in his career. The only time he's been stopped. He's won four straight in the UFC, seven straight overall. He was one and zero as a pro boxer. Five years, five years younger than Volkov. Striking stats in his favor. He's one and a half times more active striking. Grappling stats also in his favor, minus 125. The biggest test of Aspinall's career for sure at this point. Uh, how you how you breaking this one down? I'm gonna go with Tom Aspinall in this fight um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm a big Tom Aspinall believer. Um, I think he's the real deal. The other thing I will say in this fight that that gives me some pause on Volkov is. I think the the fact that Aspinall has the takedowns in his back pocket here is a big difference maker, right? Like if Volkov is picking him apart from range, which is the type of fight Volkov wants, right? Like Volkov wants to pick and move on the outside and hopefully catch him making a mistake. If he starts in on that kind of fight, Aspinall has the takedowns behind him to really make it miserable for Volkov. And the other thing I will say is, too, is Volkov is used to having a large reach advantage, like a very large reach advantage. Do you know what he doesn't have in this fight? A very well, large reach advantage, yeah. right? Like, he, he's only got three inches of reach um, in, what was it, two inches of height? Like Two the, inches of reach, two inches of height. Both two, yeah, two of both. So, like, th- this is one of the few times he is going to be fighting a big, tall, lean guy just like him only, like, he's much stronger and more well-rounded. So, yeah, I like Tom Aspinall in this fight quite a bit. Yeah, I'm picking Aspinall as well. There are, obviously, some issues. This could, this I could very easily see this be his, his prospect loss in the FC. Because, uh, like I said, Volkov, extremely durable. Going to be very hard to, to put out there. Um, going to have, like, not a huge size advantage, but he's going to have a size advantage. Um, but I do like Aspinall's all-around all round didness, uh, as Dan said, like he he can he can grapple if need be. Um, probably will be well, not probably he he should be much quicker um, on the feet as well. Um, so yeah, but like I said, this is by no means a a slam dunk uh, pick by any means. But hence the the close line, I guess, which is good. We haven't really had a close, at least in terms on paper, we haven't really had a close main event for for quite a while. We seem to have had a lot of mismatches. Like Santos Ankalaev wasn't very close on on paper. What did we have before that? Um, Cody, Cody Masvidal was not at yeah. all. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. Like, that was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been... Makashev Green, not close at all on paper. Yeah, when's the last time we had an actual close fight on paper? Now I'm, I fell in a rabbit hole. Walker Hill, I guess that one was kind of close on paper. So anyhow. I think Hill was um, still a pretty big favorite in that one too. Yeah. yeah anyhow, this, this, this is good. This is what – you want to see um, at the top of cards, a uh, tightly contested, at least on paper cards. So yeah, Aspinall is my pick as well. This could be uh, this coming, coming out party for him, right? Win this fight and what, maybe one more fight and into a title shot possibly, right? Yeah. Th- this fight should earn him somebody like, you know, Steve or surreal gain or somebody like that for sure. Dirk Lewis. Yeah, Derek Lewis fight. Derek Lewis. <laughs> Although Derek Lewis is coming off of being knocked out pretty damn bad, so we, it might be a while before yep. we see Derek Lewis back. Yep, that was uh, quite the knockout. So yeah, this should be a, an interesting fight, and it's going to tell us a lot about uh, Tom Aspinall. Hopefully, um, for you know, for interest in the sport, hopefully uh, he passes the test because we can never have enough young prospects uh, in the heavyweight division. So. 
All right, so so we differed on a few. Um, on the same page for most of them, which is good. That'll make uh, the card interesting come Saturday. All right, let's go. Recommended plays. I'm going to go right off the cuff. Uh, Dan's got to get his mojo back from from last week, so um, hopefully have some good recommended plays uh, and you can back off, get off the schneid and get back into what we all expect from you to hear, Dan. Let yeah, me. I got a little. I think I got a little too cute last weekend with, with <laughs> big, big fancy props and, and loaded parlay. So I'm going to keep it simple this week. I'm going to start with 30 bucks on Arnold Allen. I I just think that line looks really nice. I don't have a lot of faith in Dan Hooker down at that weight class. And that is minus 115. I am taking him as well um, since I'm going from the top of the card. Uh, how much do I want on Allen? 30 bucks actually sounds good. I know it's boring, but hey, well, we got to pick winners here. Um, so Allen is my pick as well, straight up 30 bucks. All right, I'm going to take another 30 and put it on Paul Craig. Um, I, that's one of my absolute favorite underdogs on this card is Paul Craig. Um, I think he's just going to – he's going to catch Nikita Krylov sleeping, um, and I'm going to love it when he does. All right, 30 bucks, Craig, plus 150. Um, I will take um, – what can I get? Do you have props in front of you or not? Oh, of course. Obviously, I do. All right, of course he does. He's a degen. What's the line on uh, Gunny – via submission negative 110 all right let's take um 10 bucks on that since it's a um a prop here so okay 10 bucks nelson sub minus 110 you said yep all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna use my one prop here and i'm gonna go with mohammed mokayev i'm gonna go with him inside of the distance Uh, i'm not gonna pick suburb tko because i think he can get both of them done um, but him inside the distance, uh, well, hang on, I had that number here somewhere, and then I had to ditch it so I could go look at yours. Him inside the distance is also negative 110, so the same number as um, seeing our main man, Gunnar Nelson, uh, win. Right. I'm going to take him here. How much money do you want to put on that? Uh, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. all right. So Dan's used up 80. All right, I'm moving on. I'm going to take... Um, Paul Craig, what can I get Craig inside the distance at, Dan? You're going you're gonna to stretch it out a little bit. Paul Craig, inside the distance, plus 260. Oh, wow. Uh, 20 bucks on that. That's that's a good number. Um, 20 bucks, Craig inside, plus 260, you said? Yep. Beautiful. All right. Over to you. Um, my last one is I'm just going to take Tom Aspinall straight up with my last 20 bucks. All right. Aspinall. And what do we have him at? Minus. Minus 125 for Aspinall. 20 bucks on that. All right. Um, what do I have left? I have 40 bucks left. I'm going to put it all on Mokayev, um, just to win outright. The number's not that great, but I'll, I'll put a, a good chunk of cash on it. So 40 bucks, Mokayev, minus 375. So, um, this is, yep, that's all of mine. All right, here's what Dan's got. 30 bucks, Arnold Allen to win, minus 115. 30 bucks, Paul Craig to win, plus 150. 20 bucks, Mohamed Mokayev inside the distance, minus 110. 20 bucks, Tom Aspinall to win, minus 125. Uh, I have 30 bucks, Arnold Allen to win, minus 115. 10 bucks, Gunny Nelson's submission minus one ten. Twenty bucks Paul Craig inside the distance plus two sixty. And then forty bucks Mohammed Mokayev to win minus three seventy five. Boom. You got a parlay? Do you want to do parlays or not? 
Sure, I'm going to keep it short this week, but uh, at the same right. time, give you your your lovely ten to one. So I'm going to steal your Paul Craig wins inside the distance play, um, and I'm going okay. to pair it with Aaliyah Tapuria winning by knockout. You put those two together, it's already ten to one. Um, and wow. I think, to, oh. yeah, and there's a chance that Tapuria goes in there and he submits Jai Herbert, but Jai Herbert likes to bang, and Tapuria Tapuria swings until he feels like it's not working out, and then he goes to the ground. I think it's going to work out for him. So, you know, Paul Craig inside the distance to Puria by knockout, and you can get that at 10 to 1. That is, the, the gens are going to be all over that, Dan. Um, so join the gens over at the SGPN Slack channel, and you can you can uh, see what other Degeni type plays they are going to get in on. Um, what else can we tell you? Follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. He is Gumby Vreeland. Read our stuff, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, subscribe to moneymma.substack.com um, where I do my MMA-type writing and I run pick contests and all that good stuff. So, um, And listen to Dan's podcast, Prelim Primer. Yes, that's it. Primer? Yes. And Top Turtle MMA. Did I get all that right? You got it all right. I like all letting right. you sweat, though. <laughs> yep. That's, I'm going to take her home. I am the Black Country banger, Jeff Fox. He is Gumby Vreeland. We'll be back on Sunday to tell you how much money we made, all of you. Until then, what should I tell them to do? Until then, uh, keep your chin up and chin up, hands up. No, chin down, hands up. That's what that's what I should tell them, right? Sure. Yeah. Chin up, chin, chin down, chin hands up, hands up. down. <laughs> chin up, hands down. Bye.